We are one church. We love God, love people, love his mission and love his church. Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's Tom here and welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us today wherever you are listening from. Later on, Beth is going to be speaking and she is the manager of Open Hands, our compassion charity based here in Leicester. She's going to be speaking about Jesus feeding the 5,000. And there's a line in Matthew 14, in verse 14, where it says, Jesus stepped from the boat and he had compassion on the huge crowd. When Jesus sees a crowd, he has compassion on them. And when he sees a crowd, he sees every individual. So wherever you are, Jesus sees you today. He's ready to have compassion on you and he's ready to speak to your heart. So get ready, prepare yourself. And now let's get ready for a brilliant message from Beth Corbett from the One Church Central site. Enjoy. Good morning. Hello. For those of you who don't know me, so my name's Beth and I have the privilege of serving and working in our Compassion Ministry Open Hands. So I've been there now since... Well, 2012, I was a gappy. So any of you young people still to figure out your next year plans, you could become a gap year student um, and serve in kids, youth, work, open hands, wherever you want to be. Um, but since then, I've basically stayed there forever, which is great. Um, I love it so much. And actually, God's really been um, kind of bringing my heart in, in line with his vision for, for what he's calling me to do in open hands. Um, But I was thinking back to Vision Sunday last week, which was a really exciting Sunday. I know we keep mentioning it, but I'm hoping that excitement will just continue throughout the whole year. That's what I'm expecting from God in that. Um, But he reminded me that as we surrender to him, he shows up every time. He'll always show up. He always meets our expectations. Um, But I was thinking of a time where maybe my vision was limited and my vision perhaps wasn't what it should be. And for those of you who don't know me, I usually wear glasses. So I've got contact lenses in today, which is because otherwise I really wouldn't be able to see further than the sheet of paper. So beyond that, your faces would just be a blur, which maybe would be fun if, 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 if you're nervous. That'd be a great time to take them out, wouldn't it? Just chat to a room, pretend no one's there. Um, but for me, um, when I was around 14, I realized that that's not how your vision was meant to be. It wasn't meant to be a blur. And I'd lived my whole life... Um, going around school, sitting at the back, just assuming you shouldn't be able to see the front of the the whiteboard just because I'm really far away. I'm at the back of the class. Why would you be able to see that distance? Um, And I would go and catch the bus to my church youth group and I just assumed everyone had to wait to the last moment to put your hand out once you knew the bus number was there. Um, But when I got my first pair of glasses and I went, oh my goodness, look how much you can see. Um, I remember the moment that I saw this tree and realized you were actually meant to see the leaves on it. It wasn't just supposed to be this nice green like mass. It was actually detailed. And actually for us, our vision is so important to make sure that we can see what God's asking us to see. And today I want to broaden our vision to see and expect God to turn up and show up every time. We want to know that Jesus is more than enough for all of our needs. He's more than enough for our needs, but he's also more than enough for the needs of those around us and those in our city as well. So that's what I'm going to be speaking on this morning. So we're going to be turning to Matthew 14 verses 13 to 21. So if you've got a Bible with you, just head over there and I'm going to read out the passage for you. So I'm reading from the NIV translation, and it says this. 
So when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were 5,000 men besides the women and children. So I'm just going to pray and then we're going to delve into that passage together. Lord God, I thank you that you are more than enough for us, Lord. God, that you know what we need before even we do. And Lord, that you will always provide when we put our lives in your hands. And God, we just pray this Compassion Sunday, Lord, that you will help us to be more compassionate in a deep and meaningful way, in an active way for you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you will even show us people that we should be acting towards and, and showing compassion to even this week, Lord. Amen. Amen. So just to give you some context to this passage in Matthew, just before this moment, Jesus heard that John the Baptist has just been beheaded. He's just been killed, which if anyone here has had someone lost in their life, perhaps it's not what you want. You don't want to be around a crowd of people. You want to be on your own in this moment. This is what Jesus was hoping for, some time and space, to be with his father and some time and space to grieve. But often as it is when we're looking for time and space on our own, it's not always what happens. It's not always what we have the option to do. Sometimes other people need our time, even in those moments too. And for Jesus, he decided to set aside his needs to go and help the crowd that had come around. The crowd that were not only physically hungry, but also spiritually hungry for him as well. So in this passage from verse 14, it said that he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. He had compassion, and compassion is uh, being able to feel and empathize for others, but also acting to do something about it. It's not supposed to be just a pain and a suffering that's shared without anything changing. It's supposed to be something, an emotion that really pushes us forward to make a difference, to make a change in a circumstance, or to make a change in someone's life. And this is what Jesus does here. He had compassion on them, and so he healed their sick. So he couldn't have had compassion if he hadn't done the action after, because that would have been kindness or empathy, but it wouldn't have been compassion. So he went and did something about it. And all through the Bible, we read of, of Jesus, you know, doing something about what he sees. When someone reaches out, going and helping them, he's always an active God. He's always on the move. He's always looking for a way to change people's lives and turn it around. But Jesus is human as well as fully God. He's fully human. So he fully understands what suffering looks like. Of course, we know that he died on the cross for us, which was suffering that so many people have never experienced that kind of suffering before. But it meant that he understood what distress was like. He understood what pain was like. He understood what being rejected or left aside, forgotten. He knew what hunger was like. 
He was human, so he knew what walking for a long distance felt like. He knew all of those emotions. He knows what we go through. He's not just a distant God. He is a close, personal God. And coming down as Jesus, he came as a human to show us he understands and he really does care. So this compassion is, is caring enough to do something about someone else's needs. It's acting so that something can change. And author Brenny Brown puts it like this, that compassion is not just a virtue, it's a commitment. It's not something we have or we don't have. It's something we choose to practice. So being compassionate is a really intentional thing. It's something you have to choose to do. And in Colossians 3 verse 12, it says that we should clothe ourselves with compassion. And the reason for that being that we have to choose each day to wear it, each day to be it, and each day to do it. It's a really active word, compassion. I love it because it really changes things around us. And it makes a difference. So our first point for us today is Jesus meets needs. So later when the crowds have seen that Jesus has healed the sick amongst them, he sees the miraculous healings that have been done. They want to hang around. They want to see what Jesus is going to do next. It's exciting. What's, what's he going to do? He could do anything right now. And so they follow him. They stay close to him. And it gets late. And so it get, they get hungry. So in front of Jesus and the disciples is around 5,000 men and the women and children as well. So lots and lots of people. And the disciples are asked to feed the people. And in their minds, they're, putting, they're doing the maths here. Okay, I've got five loaves. So five loaves plus two fish plus 5,000 and more people who are hungry equals not enough. That is the sum that the disciples did in their heads. That doesn't work. Um, so they suggested to Jesus, let's send them off to go, you know, back home and to get their own food. But Jesus didn't want that to happen because he wanted to meet their needs. He didn't want them going out to seek to meet their own needs. He loved to meet needs. He loves to meet our needs. So let's do that equation again where we add Jesus in, right? So we now have five loaves plus two fish plus more than 5,000 hungry people plus Jesus equals more than enough. So in the verse, it says that all the people who came, they ate and they were satisfied. So they weren't just about full. They weren't just no longer hungry. They had all that they needed and some. If they wanted to, they could have kept eating because there were still basketfuls of, of bread left over. They could have kept eating right till it had all gone. And that just shows that there really was enough. There was more than enough. And that's what Jesus does for us. He always satisfies our needs in a way that nothing else could satisfy because he can fill us, but also give us enough to share with others as well. So he will continue to, to meet our needs today. And Jesus keeps doing this today. And actually, when he asked the disciples to go and give them something to eat, he actually asked that of us today as well. He's asking us, who is it around you that you can either physically and practically feed so is there someone, perhaps church, that God wants you to invite around for lunch today? That's a great way of inviting and, and meeting a need. But also he asks us to help those who don't have enough as well. So through open hands, of course, we feed people all the time. So all through the week, we're feeding people meals. And as one church, we are blessing thousands of people with food every week. And I just want to share a story with you of one person that we helped this year. 
So this person, I'm going to call John, it's not their name, just to protect their privacy. But uh, So John, we met John, he was someone who had recently lost his wife and he came and he had nothing. He didn't know what to do. He came to our compassion center, he'd heard that there were people there who would help him. So he came to the center, that place, the center that we just saw on the screens just before. And he came and told me that he had nothing in his cupboards, nothing in his kitchen cupboards at all. He just had a little bit of bacon and eggs left in his fridge, but that was it. And he really didn't know what was gonna happen next. So when I explained to him that we were here to help, this man just burst into tears. His relief was really obvious. You could just tell in that moment, he suddenly felt not alone and knew that he was gonna have another meal. He had that relief of knowing that the next meal was coming. So this was on a Tuesday, so I also invited him to our pie night, so in the evening. So um, when I saw him a couple of days later, I asked him how his pie night meal was. Um, of course, it was delicious because it's pie, which is one of my favorite foods. So he loved his meal. Um, but he also said with a smile to us that it was a lifesaver. He didn't know what he would have done without it. But it wasn't us. You know, our volunteer teams are amazing, but it wasn't us who provided that meal. It was God who provides it through open hands to his people. And for that man, it meant that he knew that there were people who cared and that actually he was going to be okay. So for all of us, who is it in our lives that God's asking us to meet that need in? Because that will look different for all of us. For some of us, it will be our neighbors. It will be offering practical help to those around us who live nearby. For some, it will be family, friends, neighbors, work colleagues. It could be someone different for all of us. But Jesus does ask you to do what you can and to help those in front of you. So for one lady um, I spoke to this week, she was telling me that God had actually spoken to her about helping a family with food. And she didn't know that this family needed food, but she just felt that God had told her to empty the contents of her freezer and to deliver all of it to this family. So she had a bit of hesitation. She wasn't fully sure what this family would think of her bringing all her frozen food to them. But when she turns up, the family, again, just were relieved again. They, they, didn't, they hadn't really asked for help, so no one really knew that they needed help but God did. So God has spoken to this lady and this lady had been obedient. She used what she could and then God did the rest. And this family now knew where their meals were coming from for the next few weeks and possibly months. It was a full freezer, this lady told me. So she was well prepped with all her meals and now this family were gonna be blessed by it all. So there's so many different ways that we can bless people. And when God tells us to do something, I advise that we do it because we don't always understand where people's needs are at. We don't know what's going on in everyone's lives, but God does, and he can use us to meet those needs. So that's our first point, Jesus meets needs. Secondly, we know that alongside physical and practical help, people need community. We need a sense of belonging, we need people around us, people to look after us, people to listen to us, to encourage us, to spur us on, to challenge us. We need people. And in verses 15 and 16, it says here, As evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. But Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Instead of sending people away, Jesus kept people together. Jesus decided to ask everyone to sit down and eat on the grass together. Essentially, this was one massive picnic, which is such a communal event. Eating together just makes everyone feel so like they're part of something. It gives people a sense of belonging. And Jesus, 
He eats together often with people in the Bible. He eats around people's homes. He invites himself to people's homes like Zacchaeus. He did his first miracle at a wedding feast. He understands the importance of food and connecting people together. When people come to a meal together, they feel accepted, they can feel welcome, they can feel valued, and they feel like they belong. And it's not all just about food, but actually, for some people it is. For some people, that eating together really does make a difference. And we had some lady re ladies recently who came to our social supermarket. So this is the, the side of our work where those who have some money, but perhaps not enough, can still keep up their independency and, and buy what they need, but at affordable prices. We had some ladies who came and they'd escaped domestic violence, so we're living in a safe house. And for them, um, they were struggling to, to look after all their kids in a one-bedroom home. And, and these ladies just really appreciated spending time together so they could help to nurture their children together and they could keep that sense of family together as well. And one of the ladies told us, we all like to cook our own food. But when we visit other food banks, we end up being given food that we can't eat or can't cook. But here at Open Hands, we feel special because we choose our own food and we're able to afford the food and provide for our families for ourselves. So for these ladies, they're able to keep that community sense because they purely have something that they can do together. They can share that together and, and feel a sense of belonging. And our purpose in life is, is mostly two things, to love God and to love people. He made Adam, but he also made Eve. He made people for a purpose, and we're all to live life and journey with people. Jesus, even though he was fully God, fully human, still intentionally built community around him. And he, he shared his life with disciples, but he also had his inner circle of friends and those closest to him from there that he shared all his deepest struggles with as well. He had this network of people, but also beyond that, a wider community context in which he served and, and helped people as well. So he had that network. He's modeling to us that we need people around us. We need to journey life together with people. And I know for some people it's quite difficult to know where your community fits or where perhaps your friendships can be, especially if you're maybe new to a city or perhaps you're living alone, things like that. Um, but as someone who, um, so I'm 31, I'm still single and I still can see that God has blessed me with all the people I've needed in my life. He's always put together people who can listen and care for me. He's always put people who I can go on adventures with. He's always provided me opportunities to serve and grow. He can make a family out in all sorts of different contexts, and he always can give you people that you need around you. So if you're struggling in any way to find out who that community is, firstly, you're in church, so you're in the right place. This is a community here already. You're, you belong. Um, but also, I encourage you, if you're not part of a life group, go and connect in with one. So life groups are spaces in church where we can get to know a few people better and we can form deeper relationships with those people, but also be encouraged in our faith, being putting our faith into action and also just opening up in ways that you can't always do on a Sunday with everyone. But life groups are a really great way of getting to know people. Joining a serving team here is also a great way of getting to know people because you're on teams together, you get a chance to chat together, work together. So if you need any help doing that or you want an invitation to someone's for lunch, then come and talk to us after and I'm sure we'll find you somewhere to go and a place where you can feel like you belong. So we've got Jesus meets needs, but Jesus also builds community. And 
one other great thing that we do in open hands in forming community. So Paul and Vicky, who lead our English classes, do an amazing job of forming community through our English students. From people, we have around 107 students coming from all sorts of different countries around the world, all sorts of different backgrounds. And it's amazing at how much that community forms where for many, some of the people that they're talking to wouldn't naturally be people that you'd be in a room with. And recently in our summer, we had a graduation for some of our English students and, and one of the students wrote a speech for our teachers. And these are just some of the things that she said. So our teachers are all doing a wonderful job. Open hands is like a family for all of us. I'm so happy to be part of this big family. As the name suggests, the teachers in this warm space have opened their hands and their hearts to us with love and sincerity. They helped us to adapt to this new country and this new culture, and they'll always have a special place in our hearts. Thank you so much for always supporting us. So that's a student who's been in our classes learning English and who's found family there. And that, as one church, that's our English classes. That's what we're a part of. So perhaps where is it that you can form family if... You know, we have the church context of community, but we're also placed in different places across the city and the county. We have different interests. You might be involved in sports clubs or music, or you might have a dog, so you're doing dog walking, or where is it that God's placed you? Let's just always be on the lookout for how we can help to build community around us. Because eventually, God's going to probably ask us to invite them into this community here in church too. So it, it's a great way of, of connecting with people and, and then connecting people to God as well. So finally, Jesus gives hope. Verses 16 and 19 say this. So Jesus replied, do, they do not need to go away. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. So like I mentioned earlier, Jesus probably didn't want to be around people in this moment. He was about to go and grieve the loss of someone he cared about. But Jesus gives his time to us, and he gives his time to us every time. He's always someone who wants to be close. And in this moment, he also um, prays over the, the fish and the loaves and asks his heavenly father. He, well, he looks up to heaven and acknowledges his father. And in that moment, essentially asks his father to be part of what he's doing and part of the miracle. And it reminds me of the Lord's Supper. It's, you know, he's breaking the bread. And in Luke 22, verse 19, it says, he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying this, this is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So whilst the Last Supper hasn't happened yet, this is kind of a picture of what's to come. As Jesus is sharing the bread and fish and the disciples are handing that out, they've essentially given the hope of Jesus out to people and, and not only allowing Jesus to meet their needs, but also giving us an indication of what's to come as well. Jesus is going to give himself for you. He's going to lay his whole life down for you and he's going to come in and make sure that you can be known by your father as well. And one last story from Open Hands. So we um, met a man that I'm going to call Craig. And Craig was someone who'd been struggling with um, alcohol addiction for 16 years. He'd been in prison 10 times and he'd just recently lost his sister when we met him. And Craig was really struggling with the idea that he was broken and he needed fixing. But he didn't really know what to do about that. He did acknowledge that God had looked after him. 
and he'd just pray every now and then. But he wasn't really sure how to go about this mending side of his, his journey. How could he have hope with all that, that he'd been through? And Debbie, who works alongside me in Open Hands, she was talking to this man about kintsugi, which is the Japanese art of mending broken pottery by putting gold through it. It's like a gold-dusted lacquer. It fixes it, it together, and it basically shows the beauty of um, like the process of being mended. So they were speaking about this and speaking about how God had um, the opportunity to, to fix fix him like he fixes all of us that in his brokenness that man wasn't too far away from God that God could mend him to and so um, after being able to pray together Craig decided that he wanted to stop um, sleeping rough he actually contacted two agencies to help him one to help him with his addictions and one to help him with his mental health and he went away with food clothing prayer um, and he when he went he said this to us he said, you saved me today, thank you so much. And we know that we're not the ones who saved Craig. We're not the ones who um, can fix him, but God can. And Craig acknowledged that it was Jesus that was going to be able to do this for him and that he wanted to put into action what he could to help himself too. But we're all broken without Jesus. But Jesus' hope, the fact that he gave his life for us, he gave his body for us, he broke the bread to show us that he was willing to give himself for us, um, means that no matter what we've done in our lives, there's nothing that will stop us from being with him, nothing that can separate us from his love. Proximity to God will always be possible because of Jesus' sacrifice for us, and Jesus is more than enough. So we have the hope of Jesus that it's not just for us, but it's also for those around us as well. It's something we're to share, like the disciples shared that bread out. We're to share this good news as well. So this love that we have is now something that cannot be taken away, but it is always something that will be asked to give. It's always something that's not just for us, but for others as well. So just to close, our three points for us, we've got Jesus meets needs, Jesus builds community, and Jesus brings hope. These are three things that Jesus does through and through the Bible. Everywhere you see, he's doing this. He's meeting people's needs. He's putting people around others, and he's showing them the love of Jesus and, well, him, himself, and, and bringing hope. So how can we be compassionate? Well, like I mentioned, compassion is active. So let's not just sit on this word. This is not something just to motivate feelings. This is something to motivate us to act, something that helps us to go in and do something about what we've heard. So if God asks you to empty your freezer, are you ready? <laughs> if God asks you to knock on a door and just see how someone is, see if they've had anyone to talk to that day, are you ready for that? Maybe God's going to ask you to feed someone. Maybe he's going to ask you to listen to someone, to stand up for someone, to encourage someone, to care for someone. There's so many different things that show compassion. But let's all be ready to listen from God this week to see what it is he wants us to do. And let's let compassion be an active nature of, of who we are and keep trusting him. Because as God meets our needs, he can meet the needs of all those around us. So I'm just going to pray to finish. Lord God, I thank you, God, that you are compassionate. Lord, that compassion is in your nature and it's something you ask us to clothe ourselves with. And Lord, I just pray that you will help us to always be aware of what you're doing. Lord, that we will never send people away when you're asking them to draw close. Lord, that you will always allow us to be aware of what others' needs are 
even when we may not understand the whole context of what's going on. And Lord, we just pray that you'll help us to stay bold, Lord. Stay bold in sharing you where, where we can as well, Lord. Lord, for everyone, everyone needs you. We're all broken, but we're not broken when you come in and, and you fix us up, Lord. And we just pray that you will come in and meet with every one of us, Lord. Lord, even where we need um, a bit of you, Lord, that you will come in and do what you want to do, fix us up and then send us out to show others that they can find you too. Amen. Thank you, Beth, for that powerful message. On the back of that, if you'd like prayer about anything, please let us know. If you need help or support in any area, if it's practical, emotional, spiritual, we're here and we'd love to help. Again, let us know. And if you're stirred and want to get involved, volunteering or doing something more with Open Hands here in Leicester, then let us know. Head to the Open Hands Leicester website, get in touch with the team. We would love you to be part of the team and get involved. There's a lot coming up in One Church Life as we near the end of the year. So here is your family news for... One, two, three, four. Firstly, our Open Hands Christmas Appeal is now open and we are bringing treats to give out to guests this Christmas. So wherever you are, bring a Christmas tree in to your One Church site or bring it into the One Church offices so we can give something away extra this Christmas. The Christmas production is coming on the 11th of December, so save the date. It's at 10 o'clock, 1.30pm and 5pm and we'd love to see you there. The Christmas production is not just for us, it's to invite people to as well. It's a guest-friendly event that all the family will enjoy, so there are invitations available to download online and to give out physically. So head to the website today and you can download a virtual invitation to send to anybody you want. And finally, in the week beginning on Monday the 5th of December, we have all of our One Church youth, YA and kids Christmas celebrations. So make sure you mark the date and get involved. It's going to be great as we celebrate Christmas together. And that is your family news for. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.